Welcome to Landwards, the podcast for the land-based engineering community, brought to you by the Institution of Agricultural Engineers. Hello and welcome to Landwards, the podcast from the Institution of Agricultural Engineers. I am your host for the day, Andy Newbold, editor of Landwards, and I am joined today by none other than Jane Rickson. Professor of Soil Erosion and Conservation in the School of Water, Energy and Environment at Cranfield Uni. Hello, Jane. Hello, Andy. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Jane. All the better for interviewing you today. How are you, Jane? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, all all things considered, yes, I'm fine. Super. So um, I'll just start with the house rules. We have our mobile phones turned off. There is no fire alarm planned. And I will do the standard disclaimer that both Jane and myself are representing our own individual opinions in this interview um, and therefore not the body corporate of the Institution of Agricultural Engineers or our respective employers. So that's the legal stuff out of the way. Jane, why don't you tell us a little about your background and how you became an agricultural engineer? Well, um, I, I suspect I didn't follow the normal route that many agricultural engineers take. I, I actually started off as a geographer, believe it or not. And um, I particularly interested in uh, and enjoyed physical geography, which is basically about sort of environmental processes. Um, uh, human geography, the other strand of geography, if you like, uh, is all about sort of people and places and that's all very interesting but I was really interested in you know what makes the environment tick what goes on so um, I ended up at um, King's College in London and I did a, a, a BSc in geography and I specialized there in things like um, civil engineering geotechnics and um, soil science um, um, land use management and planning sort of but still all a bit sort of vague and broad and what I really, really enjoyed is the sort of some of this environmental science stuff. Um, and my dissertation was all about erosion, soil erosion, and um, losing agricultural soil, ending up in, in lakes in, um, in East Sussex, in the high wheels of East Sussex. And uh, my supervisor at the time um, suggested I should contact a guy called um, Professor Roy Morgan, who is at Silso College. And uh, there was an MSc in Agricultural Engineering there, uh, which I then signed up for. And that sort of set me on the path of uh, becoming an agricultural engineer, uh, which I have been now for 35 years or so. Um, And uh, so it was an unusual route, if you like, to get into agricultural engineering. But I think that that is fantastic about our profession, that you can come to agricultural engineering or biosystems engineering, as we call it, in so many different routes, so, so many different ways. You're absolutely right. So, so following on your BSc from King's College, um, where did you go after that? Take us through your route through education into and into your career. Sure. So, um, so as I say, I, uh, I I came away with a BSc in geography, which I thoroughly enjoyed that time at, at Kingston in London. But then I wanted to specialise. It was still quite a sort of broad um, uh, remit, really. So. I was interested in this sort of the land use management, soil science, soil management. Um, and as I say, my supervisor at King suggested I should contact um, Professor Roy Morgan, who um, taught at Silso College. Um, and there was a, a master's in agricultural engineering there, which I signed up for. And that helped me to specialise much more into um, 
soil erosion, soil conservation, um, some very specialised areas of soil science. The way that we manage soils, the way that we degrade soils, we, we, we mismanage soils, but how we also look after our soils. Um, and that sort of kind of led to um, uh, working at Silverstone College. After I, I graduated with my MSc, I was offered a, a temporary um, contract as a teaching assistant at Silverstone College uh, to teach the master's students that came after me. And I thought, well, yeah, that will do. Um, I need some get some money together because my plan was to go and work overseas for the VSO, the Voluntary Services Overseas, where I wanted to work on soil and water engineering projects, soil conservation projects. So yeah, I'll do it for six months. Um, and here I am, 35 years later, <laughs> um, and have never left um, because I've just thoroughly enjoyed the career that I've had. Uh, working at Silso first as a teaching assistant and then I was made a, a lecturer uh, and then uh, did a lot of research, wrote a lot of proposals, wrote a lot of papers, became senior lecturer um, and then finally I've ended up as professor. Um, so a sort of uh, academic route and used my agricultural engineering background and practical skills um, throughout, throughout that career. Um, and presumably there's still the opportunity to do some VSO if you so require, Jane. Um, you know, that window hasn't completely closed, has it? Not at all, no. I, I mean, I, and, but, but what I've been able to do is, is throughout my career, I've been able to work overseas, uh, again, on some research and consultancy and training um, as part of my role at Silso and, and latterly at Cranfield University. So. I've been so fortunate to be able to work overseas um, in developing countries and working with in, um, individuals and, and research organisations um, throughout the world. And uh, as I say, I'm, I'm very mindful at the moment, we're not travelling very much uh, because of the COVID situation, but I, I really count my blessings that I've had those opportunities to go to some amazing places and meet some incredible people. Uh, you know, and we are all agricultural engineers, people that I come across via a, a sugarcane plantation in Swaziland through to um, a road engineer trying to keep um, agricultural land open to markets in Nepal um, through to, frankly, mining consultants in, in Australia. I've, I've, I've been very, very fortunate to use some of my skills and, and uh, knowledge um, throughout the world. And, uh, uh, and I would encourage, you know, people that are thinking of getting into this this um, profession of agricultural engineering. You know, it's not just UK and Europe where your skills will be useful; they'll be useful throughout the world, uh, and you'll meet some great people as well. So, uh, yeah, I can recommend it. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, do you want to give us maybe a light, some light bulb moments, or a light bulb moment which stands out as a time where you changed direction or changed your world view? Um, in your in your career to date? Yeah, this is, um, it's interesting actually, I, I, I think it was probably, again, sorry to repeat myself, but sort of, again, the, the opportunity to travel, to go and see different places and meet other people. I remember the first time I, I was fortunate enough to go to the tropics, um, uh, I went to Venezuela and I'd never been outside Europe. Um, and then I just remember the, the plane door opening. I think we did a stopover in somewhere like Martinique uh, in the Caribbean and the plane door opening and this waft of warm, hot tropical air was just something I've never experienced before. 
And then, then going to Venezuela and meeting some of the research organisations, the local farmers, working in tropical agriculture, which was so different from what I'd seen in the UK and Europe, um, really made me think differently um, about how precious natural resources are. Um, you know, people's livelihoods are so dependent on these natural resources that we have to look after because things like soil is effectively a non-renewable resource. You know, rates of formation are so low. We've really got to look after these resources to feed um, a growing global population. So I think really putting that context on, you know, the act locally, but, but think globally, but act locally, it really sort of came to, came to fruition really when, when I first started traveling overseas. Yeah, the recognition that, that, that everything is interconnected and we don't we don't function in splendid isolation, which is very easy to sit in a silo when it's not the case, is it? Um, why don't you talk us through, um, and, I, and I'm sure that the word typical is completely wrong here, but talk us through a day in the life of Jane Rickson, a typical and a non-typical, either or. Well, do you know what, Andy? Honestly, I, as I say, I've been doing this job effectively for sort of 35 years, I think, also, and... I can honestly say, and, and I'm sure lots of people say to me, oh, you've stayed in the same job all, all the time. You've stayed at Silso and Cranfield all of your career, but I can honestly say no two days have ever been the same. And I just count my blessings for that because I think it's fantastic. Variety is the spice of life, as they say. Um, now, clearly, obviously, at the moment with the, um, the, the, the work at home message, it, it's not the typical day for my career, but let's let's assume that we are now back on campus um, and the, the restrictions have been lifted. Um, typical day might be something, you know, in the morning I might have to work on a research project. Um, obviously it's very important that we carry out research as a university. So I do a lot of research um, for organizations from individual farmers who might want us to design a soil conservation scheme in their, their fields where they're growing asparagus and they want to control the runoff and erosion so you might be involved in actually engineering some grass waterways and, and swales and buffer strips for them uh, but research might also be for we've just completed a project for the Scottish government for example looking at the costs of soil erosion um, at the national scale and we've already done that for England and Wales and it's it's research that's actually being cited by people like um, government ministers and, and it's sort of informed policy such as the, the agricultural bill and the, the environment bill that's coming through parliament at the moment. So I might do that in the morning, do something about that, something about the research. Um, be mindful that it's really important to publish this stuff, write papers. So if there was any time, I'd make sure that I can sort of write the stuff up. Um, and then the afternoon might be, I might be involved in some teaching. Uh, we have master's um, courses at, at, at Cranfield and short courses. So I'm involved in teaching, which I love. Um, again, you might be teaching the same subject matter. I, I teach on, on the environmental engineering course. Your lecture might look the same year on year, but just the feedback you get from students, the interaction you get from students, no two lectures are ever the same. You just don't know where the lecture material is going to go. Um, do a bit of teaching, um, which is, I really enjoy, and then um, I might later on that day might be working with a PhD student in the lab, making sure they've got the experimental design right, um, helping them to uh, calibrate the rainfall simulators if they're carrying out erosion studies. So uh, 
I'm very, very fortunate that, that my no two days are the same. And even within one day, I'm doing so many different things. Uh, it is a bit like plate spinning sometimes, but, um, but, that, but hey, that's what agricultural engineering is about. It's so varied in, in the remit that, that, that we carry out. So um, I can honestly say I love my job. I, I thoroughly enjoy that, that variety. I love the people I work with and, and the things that I get to do. So as I say, I think I'm very lucky in that. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So leading on from, from the day job, um, let's talk about out of hours. What else do you like to get involved in, Jane? <laughs> well, actually, I should have said, now here's a plug for the iAgri. One thing I should have uh, said is that, you know, in the evenings, not in the evening, I can say, but in the evenings, um, you know, local branches of the iAgri, um, I'm a member of the South East Midlands branch, and they put on some cracking talks of the evening, um, you know, informal talks. You can go along and learn about anything from using drones to survey crop health on farms right through to a fascinating talk last year by Alex Vickers, which was about building a, a, a cricket pitch in Rwanda as a way of, of, of getting communities together. So um, I should have added that to my typical day. But um, so anyway, so if I'm not doing all of that day job, I, I um, I love doing uh, such a range of different things. So I, I love films. I love watching films. Um, I'm a bit of a bore as far as films are concerned. Um, I just thoroughly enjoy watching really entertaining films that stay with you, that you, when you walk out of the cinema or you stop seeing the film, you feel the world has changed because you've seen that film or something in you has changed. You think of things differently. You look at the world in a different way. So I love films. Um, I'm a member of a book club. Uh, in, our, in my local village. So we had a, a book club meeting, socially distanced last night, um, where we talked about so many different books from classics through to really weird and wonderful things. Um, and that again is so different from the day job. It sort of takes me out of my um, agricultural engineering zone. Uh, and as I say, it's fascinating. And we all come from different backgrounds. So it's great to meet with other people. Um, I play tennis um, with a group of, of local ladies. Um, we play very badly, but we have great chats. We're very good at talking um, and socialising, uh, socially distanced again. Um, and then and then I love making things. I'm, I'm quite a creative person. Um, I've always got my sewing machine on the go. Um, and I just love creating things for, for no other reason than just making stuff and, and seeing that I can be creative. And I guess that's kind of engineering. I must admit when I'm sewing, bunting or, or whatever it might be, I do think, well, this is engineering. It's not agricultural engineering, but it's sort of fabric engineering in a way. Um, but I love that as a uh, being very creative with hands rather than with my head, which, which is my day job. Um, so yeah, and I love watching cricket and I'm delighted that England won, won the test match yesterday. So I know that makes it very time specific, but um, I could sit and watch a game of cricket all day long, quite happily. And as somebody said, um, it's uh, cricket was invented, so it's God's way of making us sit down and do nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and creativity is engineering, you're problem solving, Jane. When you're trying to work out how to make something, you, you are problem solving. It's entirely iterative. Absolutely. And I have to say, here's an engineer. That now, this is great. So my youngest daughter has just graduated. We're delighted that she's just graduated. 
um, uh, from Durham University, and we're so proud of her, fantastic. But of course, because of COVID, she's not been able to go to the graduation ceremony or all the summer balls and all socialised. So I decided I would make her her graduation gown and hood and mortarboard. And that was a project and a half in terms of you had no, I had no idea how complicated the pattern for an academic hood was going to be. And all different universities have different styles and designs and so on. So I thoroughly enjoyed that as a project, actually working out how the hell you, you, you draw a pattern of this very complicated academic hood um, and then making it and putting on the fur and the lining and the ribbons and all of this business. So it's engineering. Yeah, it's engineering. Okay, it's not building a John Deere tractor. Uh, other tractors are available, other brands are available, but it's uh, it's not a million miles away from that. No, it, it's great. It, 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 it's creative. It's doing something good with your hands. So it's all worthwhile. Um, just, just jumping back to the day job briefly, what advice would you offer to younger engineers keen to progress their career? Well, um, I would first say join, join the Institution of Agricultural Engineers. It's a great way of meeting people like yourself, getting some network. Um, they offer all sorts of, um, you know, career uh, improving um, resources like, you know, webinars and um, publications, technical notes and, and so on and so forth. Um, I, you can uh, attend conferences, annual conferences, read Landwoods, obviously, and, and Biosystems Engineering, the journal. So, uh, and you've got these opportunities of meeting other people and, and, and carrying out professional development. I think if you are an academic agricultural engineer, then I would thoroughly recommend you to publish as much as you possibly can. Um, nowadays, I think um, it's harder to get to, to, to move on up in, in academia and publications is all. So publish, write papers, um, publish in as high impact journals as you possibly can, uh, such as Biosystems Engineering, for example, there's a plug for our own journal. Um, and as I say, I would, I would maintain your contacts because I think somebody once said that uh, the job that you get, the number of people that actually get their job through traditional job adverts in, in, in online and it's something like 30%. Very, very few people actually get their job through traditional advertising. It's usually word of mouth, it's usually contacts. Um, so I would encourage young engineers to, to, to get a network, get a professional network, talk to one another and that's when you, you turn out to be lucky in getting the breaks uh, in your career. Um, yeah. No, I quite agree. Network is all. Um, thinking again regarding your, your career today, what elements or milestones have occurred which you've been part of? Well, I, I was delighted that um, uh, a couple of years ago, the institution celebrated its 80th anniversary, which is a, a fantastic milestone. Um, and we, I was involved in, in putting together a special publication to mark that anniversary um, called Horizons, where we looked at um, how the remit of agricultural engineering had changed over the years, over the 80 years, you know, what it was like in 1938. Even I wasn't around then. Andy, maybe you can remember that far back. Um, and um, 
how, how development in agricultural engineering, you know, had improved food production, um, uh, but at the same time, the sort of environmental en uh, agenda was 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 equally important. So I really enjoyed looking at how agricultural engineering, biosystems engineer has changed over the 80 years and what contributions it's made. And I, I can recommend that publication to, to anyone. It's on the website, iAgri website, uh, just to see in the different sectors of agricultural engineering, be it um, uh, food production or forestry or, or um, any land-based sector, how agricultural engineering has changed. Um, and then I suppose as an academic, so that's really with my I agree hat on, but as an academic, um, I was involved in the um, Cranfield University's um, application to the Queen's Anniversary Prize, which is the sort of highest accolade a university can get. It's like the honour system for universities. And back in 2017, we were, we were part of, of, of a successful Queen's Anniversary Prize, awarded for our large scale soil and environmental data for sustainable use of natural resources. I'm reading that, can you tell? Um, but, and, and that was fantastic. So we went up to Buckingham Palace and received the, the, the award. Um, and we just had a fantastic celebratory day to acknowledge the contributions that Cranfield University has made um, over the years in our soils and environmental data. So I think those are two milestones. I'm sure now I'm going to think of lots of others, but that those are the two that come to mind immediately. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll save those for the Jane Rickson series. We're going to record later, Jane, aren't we? Oh, of um, course, I should say this, this interview, of course, is another milestone, Andy, that, that I want to record. I'm sure you're frantically revising your CV accordingly, Jane, and your LinkedIn, your LinkedIn profile will, will, will reflect that immediately. Um, anyway, enough nonsense already. Can you give us some examples of how ag engineering in your world has moved on in the timeline that you've been involved? I think um, for me, working in, in soil and water engineering, soil and water management, I think the um, environment, the, the concept of sustainability is, is something that has changed um, over the last 30 years or so. I think in the, the 80s, um, it was about food production, it was about um, maximizing um, production and environmental um, protection was, was, was not as important as it is nowadays. I think the concept of how do we achieve sustainable intensification whereby we produce more but with less and with less damage to our natural resources, I think that, that that's a new concept that, that I've seen through my career. And again, it is the holy grail of how you um, manage to feed the world and produce enough energy, uh, for example, from natural resources without degrading them for future generations. Um, so, I, I, and you can see that in, in not only in local practice, you know, farmers are protecting their soils really well, they're introducing biodiversity, buffer strips and, and uh, environmental schemes. But also, you know, legislation, as I mentioned, we've got the new agriculture and environment bills going through Parliament. We've got the 25 year environment plan. You know, these sorts of things when I first started were, were, were really not to the forefront as they are today. Um, and agricultural engineering is, is, is really the key um, to how we achieve this sustainable intensification. You know, can we uh, reduce the intensity of tillage and, and damage to our soil? 
whilst maintaining yields and and protecting the environment and and that that is the challenge the research challenge that we face um you know can we reduce the carbon footprint of agriculture by by reducing emissions of carbon um, from the soil and from vehicles that we use uh, can we store more carbon through sequestration by the land uses that we choose all of these things are fantastic challenges that agricultural engineers are faced with day by day um, so yeah I, I think it's a really apt time um, for agricultural engineering to, to, to face some of those challenges it is a great time to be an ag engineer as you say, given the challenges society is facing. Um, just, just as we wrap up, Jane, perhaps a final note of encouragement to anyone who's listening regarding the world we find ourselves living in and how we see ourselves as agricultural engineers. Well, I, I, you know, these are extraordinary times, Andy, in terms of, you know, COVID and how, how that's affecting people. And, you know, uh, it, it is tough and, and challenging and, and certainly and colleagues and my students you know, are going through a really tough time but whatever the outcome of covid and and other you know significant changes in our lives for example the impact of brexit that, that is yet to be seen you know we still need to produce safe nutritious and affordable food um, to feed the world and and we need to protect the environment for future generations as well we need to have clean air and clean water um, and so i think for that reason, I'm optimistic that agricultural engineers have a really massive role to play in, despite these challenging times, we will still need food, we will still need to protect our environment, and those things will continue, and the need for agricultural engineers or biosystems engineers um, is going to be there, and we're really well equipped to, to you know, face these challenges and come up with solutions, so um, that's what I'd encourage. Um, that we have a role to play in, in getting out and, and addressing challenges. Come, cometh the hour, cometh the woman. Oh, very good. Excellent. Yes. I, I thought you'd like that. I thought you'd like that. Um, well, look, Jane Rickson, Professor of Cranfield University, thank you so much for your time today. That has been a wonderful insight into your world of ag engineering and hopefully some positive encouragement for, for everybody else out in the industry to think about the way ahead. So thank you, Jane, for your input. Thank you, Andy. I really, really enjoyed it. Wittering on as usual. So thank you for your wonderful questions as well. <laughs> and we've been recorded for it as well. It's wonderful. It's a lasting legacy of wittering. Um, thanks, Jane. It's been great. I've really enjoyed interviewing you today and I will look forward to catching up with you soon. And I am sure the Landwards podcast will be back with another stimulating interview in due course. Thank you, Jane. And I shall say goodbye. Thank you. Bye. For more information, visit www.iagree.org. You have been listening to Landwards, the podcast for the land-based engineering community, brought to you by the Institution of Agricultural Engineers.